San Francisco mayor's answer to downtown mall woes? Lab space. What? You're going to turn commercial downtown office space and high-rise buildings into lab space. Continue watching and we'll walk through why this is a terrible idea and is probably not legal and it's definitely not feasible, but we're going to get into it anyway. Let's talk through London Breed's reimagining and rethinking of commercial space into lab space. Here we go. Right, a lab space. That's what we got going on. There she is. There's London Breed. Now, London Breed, you know, she was elected in this last election cycle on a tough on crime stance. Well, a tougher on crime stance. She talked about her predecessor saying, oh, God, just allowed crime to just go wildly crazy. Now she's having to deal with it. And the governor is saying, hey, you need to get this under control. You need to get something going. Well, now you got a bunch of downtown space and you got a whole mall. And that's specifically what we're talking about. You got a whole mall that's being given back. San Francisco's biggest mall is being given back to its lender because only half of the businesses, less than half of the businesses occupy the mall. It's just, yeah, they're gone. They left. They gave up and left. Street conditions are so bad. They had such little traffic. They had so many incidences of people pooping in the elevator. True story. You will find a podcast of that story on this News for Reasonable People channel dedicated a whole thing because we're building. We're building on top of this this story, this narrative, which is the decisions that went into the whole, you know what? Drugs for everybody is good. People with drug addiction problems, they're fine. Just let them live in a tent outside. Let them take over the whole tenderloin. You know, years ago, it's we're tolerant. We love our fellow human being. We have a lot of compassion for people in tents that are doing drugs, that are selling drugs, that are stealing from the community, stealing from stores, you know, brazen robberies, you know, everything like that, human trafficking, all that good stuff, you know, the good stuff that goes along with the homeless encampments. Yeah, we're tolerant of that for a long time, but businesses, hotels, commercial buildings, they do not do all that well with that type of influence outside their front door. I don't know if you knew this or not. And so the mall... Now the mayor's got to deal with the biggest mall, which is kind of the least of her worries, but it's at the tippy top because it points to a massive issue, which is what are they going to do with all this kind of space? Now at a San Francisco Chamber of Commerce breakfast last month, Mayor London Breed made a curious pitch for the future of the troubled Westfield San Francisco Center in downtown. That's the one I released that podcast yesterday and um, it's going gangbusters because the demise of San Francisco is top of mind because it's a reflection of terrible policy decision making over the last whatever, three, four decades, maybe even longer than that, are all kind of coming to fruition, which is, you know, maybe this compassion for drug addicts shooting up some of the strongest drugs known to mankind on our streets, living in tents, pooping in public elevators. Maybe that's not what all the people want. I don't know. That's the discussion. You know, and it's not, I don't know. Everybody knows that those are not conducive to normal people wanting to go shopping, rent a hotel room, you know, do a hotel room. 
any of that stuff. Tourism in other parts of San Francisco are doing very well, just not the ones loaded up with homelessness the way the Tenderloin is. And so a lot of this stuff is is in proximity to the Tenderloin, like the Westfield San Francisco Center in downtown. We have to look at Westfield Mall, not as a mall losing stores, okay? Yeah, all right, I'm, I'm with you here, London. I'm I'm with you so far, which probably most people didn't even shop in. Well, no, I think a lot of people shopped. It was It was a pretty popular mall back in the day. We have to look at it not as a mall losing stores and not as a place where most people didn't shop in, but as a place ripe for, you got it, reimagining. So it's a place that's ripe for reimagining, rethinking from science to technology to lab space, Breed said. Oh, we're going to turn a mall into lab space. That's genius. Now, what was the original tent? Retail shopping mall? Multi-story? You think that might need a little retrofit? Let's keep going. She echoed those statements during a radio interview last week, noting the potential for the property, a 1.2 million square foot mall in the middle of Market Street to be used by higher education. I have heard this pitch as well. I've heard, you know, let's bring your, uh, let's bring your university here. Let's, let's, you know, let's, let's put your 18 to 22 year old daughters and sons Right in proximity to the to the uh, tenderloin. I mean, what could possibly go wrong there? I, I don't see any issues with that whatsoever. It's good for the children to be exposed to, you know, alternative lifestyles and free needles and, you know, tinfoil and fentanyl and overdoses and constant uh, 911 calls and um, selling of stolen goods, purchasing of stolen goods. Who doesn't want their child to be around that while they are learning higher education stuff, right? Am I right? Ugh, nobody wants that, do they? Hey, we're going to send you to the University on Market Street in San Fran. Good with that? Why can't I go to San Diego? Why can't I go to USD? Why can't I go to San Diego State? <laughs> you know, I mean, what kid's going to be? Yep, send me to San Fran. That's for me. So we got to reimagine and we got to rethink a shopping mall into something else. Now, my background is in appraising and you know, for the most part, anytime you have a property that's been converted into something else, it is a train wreck. And why is that? Because it takes so much money to take the original use and redesign it into whatever the, you know, the next use is going to be that all kinds of stuff just doesn't get done. It doesn't happen. It's just a train wreck. It ends up being this, you know, quasi structure and you're like, well, you didn't do this and you didn't do this. I know too expensive. Can you believe that? So you're trying to make apples out of oranges and it just doesn't work. Now you can, now if you absolutely destroy your apple and you plant that seed and by that, I mean, construct new, maybe you can do it then, but you've already bought the land and the improvements, which had some value. So you're upside down unless you get the property basically for free. That's bottom line. That's what I've seen after 30 something effing years of appraising. That's just how it goes. You take even take, take a simple conversion. Take a, well, we used to have a three car garage here, but now we made it into a bedroom, a bathroom and a recreation room. Did you get a permit for that? No, no, we've still got the, the front garage doors up. So the assessor man, you know, comes by and thinks it's a garage. We actually got a bedroom in there, a bath and a rec room. It's epic. Like, yeah, but you didn't get a permit. No. So it's not legal. 
Oh, huh. So then I got to call it finished storage space with a bathroom and this and give it no value. Because that's if it's not a legal use, it doesn't count for value. Somebody might pay for that value in a transaction. They might buy it and say, hey, it's a fifth bedroom and I got a rec room and a bathroom. Nobody knows. Great. I'll pay an extra 30 grand for that, 40 grand, 50 grand for that, whatever. But from a legal standpoint of was it permitted? No, not so much. Then, and so all the money that goes into these retrofits, it just, it, it typically doesn't pencil. It doesn't make any sense. And then you've got, you know, you've got traffic flow. You've got building seismic capability. You've got all of this other stuff when you have it for one use and you move it to another use, another zoning category entirely. It doesn't always just, you know, we weren't meant to have these kind of uses in downtown, period, bottom line. But London Breed's got to come up with something, right? She's got to, she's got to be able to point to that, that vacated shopping mall and go, here's what we're going to do. Hey, we're going to reimagine it and we're going to rethink of it from science to technology to lab space. She echoed those state statements during a radio interview last week. Now you got to remember just because she got elected as a, you know, mayor of San Fran doesn't mean she has any background in, you know, construction or real estate or business or whatever, right? Just none. So she's just reimagining, rethinking whatever comes to her mind, which is, you know, we're all allowed to freely think. It's just when she puts a microphone in front of her, she talks to a lot of people and she's got some jackass up in Seattle with a podcast kind of saying, ah, it's not going to work. She echoed those statements during a radio interview last week, noting the potential for the property, 1.2 million square feet, to be used by higher education. In retrospect, the comments read as softening the blow of Westfield Mall's decision to give it back to the bank. Revealed days later to give up the property because of declining sales, foot traffic, and occupancy. Part of Breed's argument is that lab and research and development space have far lower vacancy rates than the broader office market. True. And the vast majority of vacancy, the high vacancy rates that we're seeing, are in downtown high-rise buildings, right? The retail the, the or the uh, suburban office space, which is more like medical and restaurants and think think medical office for the most part, right? That's what the vast majority of commercial space is. That stuff in the burps is doing just fine. It's not having the major issues because people are already in the burbs because they're no longer commuting into the downtown core. They're already there. They're home. They're, they're eating teriyaki at their local teriyaki place. Those places are doing okay. They are, you know, they're, they're doing their grocery shopping. They're doing their, their dry cleaning, um, all near their home because that's where they're spending the majority of their time. Cause then now they're maybe back in the office three days a week, but a lot of firms aren't even there. I know Amazon is. I know Facebook is and a handful of other companies are going that direction. And I know uh, Jamie Diamond at Chase has said, yeah, we need your asses back in the office five days a week because this is what we're doing. He said something like that. But he's been, you know, anti-office space for a long time. I know Elon Musk is like, yeah, you got to be back in. Martha Stewart, you know, with uh, Martha Stewart, you can't get everything done in three days at the office. 
you need to be there for a full week. It's like, okay, whatever, Martha, go make some soup. San Francisco's 1 million square feet of lab inventory pales in comparison with traditional life science centers like the Peninsula, 17 million square feet, or even Oakland, 7.8 million square feet. So, but is converting a major downtown mall into a science hub feasible? That is the word you're looking for. Is it reasonable? Is it legal? Is it feasible? Financially feasible. If it's not, then it's not part of your highest and best use analysis. And that's part of what uh, makes the whole concept of appraising go. Hey, if it's not legal, if it's not physically feasible, if you can't make it go, then this doesn't make sense. And that's part of is the building that you're promote, you're proposing, does that make sense for this site? And so, but is converting a major downtown mall into a science hub feasible? Does it make sense financially? The standard consulted a number of life science brokers and developers, and the general consensus is that the concept is pretty much a non-starter. There's your sign. It's a no-go. Absolutely not. No. Ixnay to that nay, right? And here's why. One longtime developer of LabSpace said that the life sciences companies and development thrive in specific clusters like Mission Bay, not the Tenderloin, and South San Francisco, not the Tenderloin. Pitching a life sciences or lab space development in a notably troubled stretch of Market Street would be especially difficult, the developer said. Say right off the bat, no, they're not going to go there. Either you're not going to fight congestion, you're going to go to one of these other centers that are already existing that have lots of space for all of these different bioscience and, you know, whatever companies or, you know, one company to take down millions of square feet, like we just talked about. Instead of 1.2 million, you are talking 17 million and 7.8 million square feet. So way more space. You're not going to run, you know, sciences into that. So there are also significant engineering and architectural barriers. This is what I'm talking about. Tear it down, start over from scratch. But then again, are you going to do that with, you know, with only the ability and I think it's a five-story building is what this mall is with 1.2 million square feet. What do we got going on there? So you got barriers for life science conversions, which adds uh, significant engineering and architectural, which adds to the sheer cost of making space suitable for use as a research facility. A life science conversions checklist put together by real estate firm Cushman and Wakefield includes criteria like high load capacities for heavy equipment. You think the mall has that? They got a docking bay for probably for some heavy boxes, right? I mean, sweaters get heavy. Yeah, I'm totally making fun, but capacities for heavy equipment. Eh, Heavy equipment, not sweaters. Specialized HVAC. You got to have ventilation that is just insane. Insane. I mean, all the piping, ventilation, heating, air conditioning, because you've got a specific, it's it's not a matter of, well, yeah, I, I can go in there and buy a t-shirt comfortably because the air is good. It's, you know, airflow because of, you know, the whole science thing and what scientists do. You got plumbing, water, gas, you know, your, your, um, 
you know, all your water draining out of the building, all of that stuff, plumbing and electricity, electricity capacity. You got that. You got, you know, run all these massive machines, right? Not like the mall. Mall doesn't need that. You got a cash register. Yep. We got internet. We're good to go. All right. You're good. You got security. Well, yeah. I mean, we've been broken into 18 times, but yeah, we got a security system. That's about all I need in a mall, right? And I'm wildly simplifying, but compared to a biosciences building, that's what we're talking about. So you got plumbing, electricity capacity, as well as high floor clearances, high floor clearances. Now you got to rebuild the whole damn mall, right? You got to rework all of those things we just talked about. It's cheaper to start from scratch. You can't do a retrofit. Does not work. Most retrofits do not work. Discussions of how to transform the declining mall have been in the works for years. And you will see this in all of these poorly run, Democratic-run cities, Democrat-run cities. You'll see, ah, we're going to take our downtown office space and we're going to make it into residential. Good luck with that. Have you seen what the process there is? And these are in cities that already have such onerous building, you know, the ability to put up buildings and go through the planning process and the development process. It's already so onerous. California is already so onerous as far as that goes. You're not doing that. You're not doing that. The owners previously proposed a plan to turn around 50,000 square feet of retail space into offices, but those plans stalled during COVID. When it comes to conversions into low lab space, though, developers are often hunting for low-rise office buildings rather than a vertical shopping mall. The quantities of hazardous materials allowed in a building decreases as the building height increases which makes a life sciences conversion difficult in a high-rise office building. No can do. Can't do it. Don't want to do it. Nobody's going to do it. Said Greg Domenico, who helps lead the life sciences practice for real estate firm CBRE and the, um, that's, that's a big massive commercial brokerage, right? There's also the fact that econ- economics of San Francisco's real estate market are still not particularly favorable for developers interested in conversions. It's a no-go. It's a no-go. No can do. Might mayor might want to reimagine it and rethink it. But that doesn't mean jack when it comes down to the actual implementation of converting space. There has not been yet any sellers of highly vacant office buildings in downtown San Francisco at a low enough price to make a conversion financially feasible. There's that word again, feasible for a developer. All right. Developers are saying no. Uh, no, we're not even not even thinking about it, not even talking about it. Because if we were thinking about and talking about that, I'd be reading about it here because the author would have done a quick search for it and said, yeah, you know, we had this one building. We're not doing that. A proposal from Breed and Supervisor Aaron Peskin to lower the planning and zoning barriers for conversions in the city's downtown is still going through legislative process. All right. Yeah, the bottom line is, is whatever buildings you have, unless they are physically falling down, and these buildings are not, they have just run into economic issues that are outside of their physical structure. You got external obsolescence in the form of high crime and proximity to the tenderloin. That's what you got. It's a form of depreciation. And nobody wants to go to the mall when you got the shenanigans going on outside out there. So converting it into something else 
that is a try for at best, that ain't a happening. It's just, it's just not happening. And that's where I love all these people. Well, just, you know, you know, just take your 7-Eleven and, you know, and make it into a deli with a yoga center and a dog walking facility. And you're like, what? I mean, you're just thinking things out loud because you'd like to see them there, but the actual physical reality and the financial reality ain't happening ever. But people always want to say, people always want to tell me, well, Sean, I think we should just convert it into this. And I'm like, you know, I don't even get started on my long spiel of, well, that's just not going to work. I just say, that ain't happening. It's not working. Because if that were the case, we would see conversions of stuff all the time, wouldn't we? But the bottom line is, is for the reasons we've talked about here, oftentimes it's too expensive and it's physically, it's not going to happen getting a permit for this, you know, retrofitting, doing all the planning, getting a permit for this. Apples and oranges. And, you know, it's kind of like having tampons for boys. I don't know if you know this, but boys don't menstruate and uh, they don't need tampons. So, you know, there's some things where you got this and you got this. They just are what they are. And you need to figure out what is causing their depreciation on the outside. Go work on that. Go work on the tenderloin. Go work on cleaning that up. And you know what? This use, it'll become a viable use again. You get, you get tenderloin cleaned up. Westfield Mall, it's back in business. Somebody will take a run at that, guaranteed. Cause it's still San Fran, right? Just not in the condition it's in. People aren't going shopping there and, you know, visiting the poop elevator. All right. That's it for me. Thanks so much for being here. I will catch up with you in the next one. Bye for now.